0: we've been talking about sonship and presenting ourselves as sons and daughters of God. And if you weren't here the last couple of weeks, um, listen to the podcast. And if I go back, you know, two months, if you have missed some, and really it's been an unfolding story an unfolding journey that we've all gone on. And um, last week, a lot of people weren't here. And I heard from some people they stayed away on purpose because they were worried that I was going to, um, you know, do surgery, open heart surgery, and they weren't keen for open heart surgery. So they said, I'll oh, just stay home and listen to the podcast. But a couple of people said to me, you know, Julie, that was like honey because, you know, when God comes to us, he wants to develop us and wants to present himself to us in such a loving way that it, it makes us end up feeling loved. And and that He's interested in us, and that He wants to know us. It's a powerful, powerful thing. You know, uh, it's a strange thing when you talk to people that are not in the church or not Christians per se. And I do a lot of weddings and um, weddings outside the church. And I, as yet, I always ask the question: Do you want God involved in your ceremony? Or not, because they hire me as a celebrant. They, most of them don't know I'm a minister because I love to get in their world. I just love to get in their world and spend time and speak with them and love them and show them a, a, show them a God that they don't understand. And so, you know, I've not had one yet say I don't want God in my ceremony at all. And I'm talking about people that do not believe in God at all. But I have not had one say, I don't want God in the ceremony. Not one. Because inside of the human heart, inside of every human being, there is a cry for God. There is a cry for God. But what has happened in our society and as time has gone on is that when they, when they seek out this cry for God, they end up with a representation of God that is not like him and therefore they run away from the church, they run away from God and they never return. They're, they're burnt, they're, they're hurt and they're wounded. When I was about eight years old, I grew up in a, in a home that was you know, unusual and dysfunctional in every sense of the word. And, you know, I was, I was abused as a child. And so I spent a lot of time alone, just meditating. I didn't really speak to people much. I spent a lot of time because it was when I felt safe that I was outside just playing in the grass or looking at the ants or, you know, just daydreaming. It was a safe space for me. And I felt safe in that space, but I didn't know why. I felt safe when I was in creation, but I didn't understand why because I didn't know the God of creation, And I would sit out there and I would wonder to myself, I would look at the the sky and the clouds and, and I would wonder, you know, I wonder if there is a God. And if there is a God, would he want to know someone like me? That's how I felt as a young child. Would God even look at me? And I was about eight years old and I was talking to my friend at school and she said, oh, we go to church. And I said, oh, I would love to go to church. And she said, oh, my family will take you to church. We'll take you. I was so excited. I was so excited. I went home and searched my mom, my friend and her family, they're going to take me to church. And mom goes, oh, well, you know, whatever is good for you kind of thing. And, and I was so excited. I got my best party dress out. I got my best, you know, Peyton leather shoes out, my frilly socks. And I got all dressed up. I couldn't sleep all night because I, I, I'm going to go meet God. I'm going to meet God. And I'm, 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 I'm there. I'm laying in my bed shaking like tomorrow I'm going to meet God. I'm going to meet God. And so we got to the church. And it was, you know, a, a beautiful church. And everyone sat down, and the, 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 the minister was speaking. I didn't understand a word he was saying. I didn't understand the songs they sang. They were really, like, old-fashioned. And I didn't understand a word that was going on. But all oh, I could think in my little heart, I'm going to meet God. I'm going to meet God. I'm going to meet God. I can't wait till I meet God. So they, the priest called everyone down the front to have communion. And they were coming down the aisles. And kneeling down, and the priest would put the bread in their mouth and and give them a drink. And and I was going, this is it. This, I'm going to meet God. And I walked, my friend went down and her family, and they did the bread. and It was so exciting. And my little eight-year-old knees were shaking. and, And I looked at the priest. I thought, are you going to introduce me to God? And I knelt down on the altar and stuck my little tongue out to receive the communion. And the priest, in the loudest voice ever, he said, Are you a Catholic? And I went, I don't know. And he said, out. Like that. In front of everybody. And I ran back to my seat. I was so embarrassed. I said, there is a God and he doesn't want me because he knows that I'm dirty. He knows, that I'm, he knows what people have done to me and he knows and he doesn't want me. And I'm, I'm not good enough for God eight years old. You know, there there are so many people out there right now that need to know the true God, the face of God. They need to know the love of God. And they don't need some religious person standing in between them and God, giving them the wrong... Who's clapping? Somebody clap. Was that great? Please clap. Amen. Amen. You know, Moses, I was reading about Moses yesterday, and Moses had seen the Lord in, do incredible miracles Yeah, I mean, he had seen him do incredible things. You're talking about, you know, all the plagues of Egypt and the people being released out of bondage and the parting of the Red Sea. I mean, Moses had seen God do mighty acts, but there was something inside of Moses that says, God... I know you can do mighty acts. I know you by name. But God, I need to understand you. I, I need to know your ways, not just your acts. You know, it was said that the Israelites knew the acts of God. But Moses knew the ways of God. And in Exodus 39, 9 to 23, it says, and Moses went into a tent And the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their tent. And the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent There's a word for you young people. You know, when you see the glory of God on someone that's connecting with God, you need to hang around that person and you need to hang around after they've left and see if you can get a bit of that on you. Amen. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know That you are pleased with me and with your people, unless you go with us. What else will distinguish me from all the people on the earth, from all the other people on the face of the earth? You see, Moses, everyone knew Moses because of the miracles God had done. But he said, I don't want people to know me or you, God, because of your acts. God, I want people to know who you are. So I need to know who you are. Because how else will all the people distinguish us from anyone else on the earth? Amen. Because if we're made in his image, then we need to look like him. And if we can't look like him, if we don't know who he is, if we don't know his nature, and the Lord says to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. Isn't that amazing? A lot of people go after glory, glory. I want to see the glory. I want to see the glory of God. I want to see the glory of God. And says, God says, you want to see my glory? Then I'll show you my goodness. Because in my goodness... Is my glory, Amen. And I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to cause my goodness to pass by you, and I'm going to show you, and I'm going to proclaim to you in words who I am. And he says. Um, <clears throat> I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face. No one may see me and live. And then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand in a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover uh, you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. And Exodus 34, 5 to 7 says, Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name. The Lord, he proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming. Now listen to this, because God is about to describe himself. God is about to say to Moses, you know my ways, but this is who I am. He says, the Lord The Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, some translation says to thousands of generations, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. The Lord passed by before him and acclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God. This means... The unchanging God Almighty. I am the unchanging God Almighty. The next word he said was merciful. This means God is compassionate, right. merciful. He's so kind, He's so good. And it says next, it's gracious. He gives grace to the poor. He gives grace to the sinner. He gives grace to his children. Long-suffering. He suffers long for us. He hurts for us. He weeps for us. He cries out for us. He is long-suffering. You think he writes you off just like that? That is not who God is. He will wait your whole life for you to just turn around once and look at him, and then he will reward you as if you'd served him your whole life. Because that's who our father is. He takes a long time to get angry. Our relationship rests on his on his faithfulness and not ours. We so much think that our relationship with him rests on our faithfulness. If I'm good, if I'm faithful, if I do the right thing, then God will love me. That is such a wrong concept. It's his faithfulness. He is faithful even when we are not faithful. He is faithful. He loves us. He loves us. He is love. He is love. He can't help himself. He is love. He's abounding in goodness and loving kindness to people who don't deserve it. Abounding in it. He's got, he's got storage, stores full of it. He's, he's got an overflowing, abounding love and kindness, goodness to people that do not deserve it. And he is the absolute truth absolute truth he is completely reliable he never changes he's the same yesterday today and forever he is the beginning and the end the alpha and the omega he is God eternal and he is completely reliable and completely safe he is your safe place under the shadow of your wing of his wings you can hide he is your refuge he will protect you from the enemy he is God And he keeps mercy for thousands, to multitudes, the multitudes in the valley of decision. He just pours mercy. He just pours mercy. He pours mercy. This is the kind of God that people need to meet. This is him. He forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. And in verse 8, it says, after Moses heard all this, it says, Moses made haste and bowed down towards the earth and worshipped God. See, he had known God by name. Now he knew God's ways. Now he knew God. And that is my prayer today. That is our prayer through this through this whole journey we've been on as sons and daughters of the most high god how can you present yourself as a son and daughter if you don't understand the father how can we look at him right in the face speak to him face to face like Moses spoke with a friend how can we do that if we don't understand that he is a friend that he is incredible you know, Hebrews 1.3 says this, The sun is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. You see, when Jesus walked the earth, there were many people who had a distorted image of the true nature of God. It was no different than today, really, Than it was two thousand years ago. Many still suffer from false beliefs about God's character, but Jesus came to dispel those false beliefs and truly reveal His Father's heart. You know how many times did Jesus take on the religious Pharisaical, you know, church of the day, and they would always be trying to find things that He's doing wrong, and all the time. He actually called them whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones. Because all they, 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 they had an orphan spirit. Because as we talked about last week, in an orphan spirit, we have a, a love of the law. We live by the love of the law. The Pharisees lived by the love of the law. How could you heal someone on the Sabbath? How could you do that? They had no compassion for the person. They had no celebration for the person that's being healed. All they could do was, it's the law. It's the law. It's the law. But Jesus came to reveal the true heart of the Father so that we might live by the law of love, not the love of the law. Amen? If we want to know what God the Father is like, all we have to do is look at Jesus. For he is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Amen. In John chapter 14, all the way through John chapter 17, and I want to encourage you. I mean, I've read this, I don't know how many times. In the last nearly 40 years, I have read John chapter 14 through to 17 because I love it. I love those chapters. But I have never seen before how many times Jesus speaks about the Father. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. He is trying, you know, they say if, if, if in the word of God, Jesus repeats a word, then you know he's trying to get something through Read John chapter 14 through to 17 and I dare someone to count how many times he says, Father. Father, 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 my Father, my Father, my Father, your Father, our Father, my Father, Father, Father. He's trying. It's his last attempt. He knows he's about to die soon. He knows it's coming to an end. He knows that he has displayed himself as Father, that he's loved those that God wanted to love, that he's gone out into the streets with the paupers and the beggars, that he's healed the lame, that he's he's restored prostitutes and that he's hung out with tax collectors and he's come outside of the synagogue and he's loved on people. Father, I've shown them, I've shown them, I've shown them. And then from John 14, chapter 14 through to chapter 17, it's all about, do you get it yet? Have you got it yet? Have you got it yet? Can you get it? I'm going to just keep repeating myself till you get it. John 14, 6 to 11, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. I mean, he's just said it. He's just said it. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And Philip says, that's that name, Philip. It's all right because you're the other kind of Philip. You get the faith, Philip. Philip says, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. I just said that. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing this work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. And at least believe the evidence of the works themselves. These are his disciples he's trying to convince. And it goes on, John 14, 15, 18. If you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father. And he will give you another advocate to help you. He's now saying, I need help. Like, I cannot convince these people. Father, you need to send the advocate, the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's going to take their whole lifetimes to convince them. And you need to leave someone on the earth because I've got to go. And, you know, I don't think they've got it yet. And, um, and he says, I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And he is the spirit of truth. You know, maybe he can get it across, the truth to you. The word cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. And then he says this incredible verse in verse 18. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I'm not going to leave you with this orphan mentality. I'm not going to leave you without knowing that the Father and who He is, the representation of God. Don't look at the church. Don't look at the Pharisees. Don't look at the religious leaders. I am like God. He is like me. I have come myself to show you who He is. Please believe me. I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you with an orphan heart, with an orphan spirit, with a wrong concept of God. For I'll leave the Holy Spirit, amen. John 14, 28 to 31 says this, You heard me say I'm going away, and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you'd be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. John 16, 12, I have come more, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear. See, more than you can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. How wonderful that we have the Holy Spirit, that is going to reveal the Father in this day to us and show us his love his mercy, his compassion, his grace, his kindness and his goodness. Thank you, Jesus. And he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what yet is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. And all that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to To you, I'm leaving the Holy Spirit here. I won't leave you as orphans. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. And finally, we see in verse 31 of chapter 16, Jesus proclaims to his disciples, You believe at last. His only interest was to do his father's will and to say what his father had asked him to say. When Jesus healed the sick, he was demonstrating his father's desire for people to be made whole. When Jesus fed the poor, it was his father's hand of provision that reached out to the hungry. When Jesus forgave the prostitute, it was his father's heart that was moved with compassion. When Jesus picked up the little children in his arms to bless them, it was the love of his father embracing these little ones. Even when Jesus washed the disciples' feet, it was the display of the lowliest display of servanthood there could be. John seventeen twenty five to 26. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. And you know that I know that you have sent me. I have made known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love that you have for me may be in them and I myself may be in them. If you really want to know the Heavenly Father, what he's really like, just look at the eyes of Jesus. You know, it says there, he takes the little children and he brings them back to him. And you know, that little eight-year-old child, you can take this away, thank you. That little eight-year-old child waited, waited patiently for all those years, until no one came and spoke to her, no one came and showed her what she'd been looking. No one told her that God isn't really like that. God really does love you. And she lived all those broken years, all those years of searching for, for some form of God trying all kinds of religions, trying all kinds of things, searching for this compassionate, loving God who would love a little girl that wasn't quite clean and good. One day I was in a hotel room at 21 years of age. And I got a Gideon's Bible out of the drawer and put it to my chest, still searching for this compassionate God. And the heat from this Bible went through my body and began to go right through me. And I'm going, what is that? What is that? What is that? What is that? And and something inside of me said, this is liquid love. This is the love you have always searched for. It's in this book. It's in a book. It's in this book. And I went into a fetal position, just cradled this book, just crying, crying out. God, if you're real, if you're real, where are you? Where are you? Where have you been all these years? I wanted you. I've searched for you. Where are you? And as I turned around, the whole side of my room was lit up with the brightest white light. And the beautiful face of a man was smiling down at me. His hair was white as wool. He had a long white beard. He had the most beautiful blue eyes. They just pierced right through me. His smile was gentle, so gentle. And I'm looking at him, I'm just, I'm thinking it's God. I have no idea who this is. I'm thinking, is this God? Is this what God looks like? And I'm, I, I'm saying, you're real, you're real, I, you're real, you're here. I mean, you're here, you're in my room, you're real. And then he spoke to me, but it was not with words. And he said, speak my name and you'll be saved. And I went to say, oh, I don't even know your name. And then from deep down inside me, like rivers of living water, it came out. Gee- Jesus, Jesus. And I began to cry and cry and cry and cry. And he said, cry, my child, and cleanse your soul. And then I saw every day of my life, every, every time I'd been abused, every time things had happened to me, he, he showed me I was there. I was there. I was there, I was there, I was there. I was a little child. He's covering my eyes, he's covering my ears, he's wrapping me around, like his wraparound around around me, protecting me, keeping me. I was there, I was there, I was there, I was there, I was there. He said, he said this, when you walk through the waters, I'll be there, and through the flames you'll not be drowned, you'll not be burned, for I am with you. And he looked deep into my soul, and I knew that he saw that little eight-year-old girl who cried out for him, and he didn't reject me. He was the true representation of the Father. And when I looked into his eyes, I knew that I would follow him anywhere. I knew that I would want to be with him forever. And I knew that I would do anything for this man. I asked him many years later, why did you come? Why did you come yourself? I know I'm no more special than anybody else. He said, Julie, I sent so many, but no one would go. And I wanted to come and show you the true representation of my Father. I couldn't stand to see you suffer one more day, so I came myself. You know, just in closing, I was in prayer this week and last week. And the Lord's revealing his love to me more too. That's what I said. We're all on this journey together you know, it's just, it's his love, we'll never, we'll never see the end of it, we'll never work it out, we'll be in heaven, that's why the angels, they fly around the throne going, holy, holy, because every time they fly around, they see another a dimension, another aspect of the love of God, of God himself, and they go, holy, for eternity, holy, we're going to work, we're going to see God eternally unfold before us, and so he's unfolding before me too, and I, I was in prayer and like Moses, I speak to him personally, he speaks to me personally. And he speaks to me sometimes a lot in music. A lot. You know, because I'm used to be a singer and and he speaks to me a lot in music. And he said, Julie, I want to sing over you today. I don't want you to pray to me. I don't want you to talk to me. I want to sing over you. Oh, I said, that would be lovely. And I just was waiting to hear him start singing. He said, No, no, no. I'm going to sing it through Adele. And I know, I mean, I don't listen to non-Christian music at all. At all. I just don't because I just don't have the space for it in my head, in my world. And I went, Adele? And he said, Google this. This is what God said, Google it. Google this song. So I Googled the song. And Adele sang over me, but it was God singing over me. And I cried and cried and cried. At the words that were so perfect. And on Friday, the Lord said to me, now go sing it over the people. I said, really? He said, go sing it over the people. So I want to sing over you in closing today. mind up yet but I will never let you down I've known it from the moment that we met no doubt in my mind where you belong I'd go hungry, I'd go black and blue I'd go crawling down the avenue. No, there's nothing that I wouldn't do to make you feel my Father, I thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is here. And that we would know you, that we would find you, and all the lies, the false representations would just fall away. And we'd be like Moses.